You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, look out now. Here they come. It's episode number 40 of the Ron and Don Show, only on the radio, you know, the Ron and Don Radio Network. They heard your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. Every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Don't forget, subscribe, you guys. It brought to you by Les Schwab, you meant to say. So thank you, Les Schwab, for being the title sponsor. And yeah, we would appreciate it if you subscribe. And if you're very versant in all things digital, and you know someone that is a Ron and Don listener, and they just can't figure it out, give them a hand. Maybe even grab their phone for them and say, you hit this button, you hit subscribe, it's going to show up right here. Sync it up to their car for them. Uh, Give them a little bit of a hand, because that's what... I've had a lot of people go... They, they reenact our show where they get it off of work and they put the podcast on when they used to listen to us on the radio. And it's like, feels like old times. So uh, teach someone how to do that. That would help us out. I got. Can I admit something before we get going here today? Sure. And I know we're going to talk. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about to get to. Uh, I feel a little... I feel a little bad because I'm embarrassed. I'm really embarrassed about uh, something that right, I let's... shouldn't be embarrassed. I'm a 52-year-old man. I shouldn't be embarrassed about this, but I'm incredibly embarrassed. Let's and, hear it. Well, what happened? Charlie, my dog, who is a uh, he is a golden doodle, right? And he got one of them custom brands. Yeah, and he's about breeds. To, he mean. is about my my son asked me the other day. He goes, Daddy, when is Charlie going to lose his nuts? Because he's crazy <laughs> right now. And I'm like, You're right about that. And he's going to lose his nuts the day after. Uh, Christmas, and then you got to wear the cone, and you got to do that whole thing. So that's coming up. But he also just got his first haircut, and he was this really bushy dog. And then when super I, cute, looked like a muppet. Yeah, and I took him out running this morning, and we're in the mud. And when you're out there in the mud, that's why I have mud all over me. He has mud all over him, and he was just so there was so much hair, so much doodle hair. And I tried to brush it out and everything. It's just a mess, and I got tired of washing him every day. So we finally went. And we went to. Does he wear a jacket when he's running? No, he doesn't. So I I drop him off at Petco, and they get a look at him, and they're like, "Wow, uh, he really uh, needs a haircut." And I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, They say, "Come back in in five hours," and I'm like, five hours for a haircut?" They go, "Yeah, this is gonna take a while." Uh, So anyway, I, I I drop Charlie off, and then when I come back, I'm looking around for my dog, and they're like, "Uh, well." We're gonna bring your dog out right now, and he looks a little, he looks a little different. So they bring him out, and everything inside me is screaming, "No! No! No!" So you like the haircut? This happens sometimes when my when my son gets his haircut, and it looks horrible, and then he wants to know how his haircut looks and why he's crying. And he's like, Daddy, what do you think? And I'm like, no! But I'm like, you know what? It looks great. And it, the good news is it's all going to grow back. Anyway, I'm, lo- I'm looking at this dog. And he was this big, fluffy, bushy. And he looked like he weighed 50 or 60 pounds. But I know he only, we went to the vet the other day. He only weighs 27 pounds. He comes out. And they have shaved him all the way down. All the way down to the skin. Wow. Why, so, down. why so much? I don't know. They they gutted this dog. Just he's down to the skin. But then they left this really poofy tail on him. So he has a poofy tail, and then he also has poofy ears. When you look at him, if you've ever watched The Grinch Has Stole Christmas, he has a dog by the name of Max. That is that ends up pulling the Grinch's sleigh. That's what Charlie looks like now. That's a good looking dog. He doesn't look and and he doesn't look like a dude's dog anymore. 
He does it like like when you saw Charlie before. You're like ah, oh, trail runner. Ah, ah. He didn't look like a ah, ah, trail runner. He, he, dog. Well, he was all floppy well, and goofy. More than he looks now. When you looked at him before, you could tell that he was like a dude dog. He looks very much like a female version of his former oh, self. So you feel like you so emasculated. I am out running with him today, and and when people used to look at him, they they would stop and talk about how cute he is. Now they see him and they're they're horrified. They no, are hor- no, they are horrified that this that that this 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 dog who looks like it's been skinned uh, at Petco is running is running down the trail, and I think everybody wants to go and grab him a rain jacket or grab him some fluffy mittens or something because now he does this whole shivering thing because he's he, cold that he didn't get do, him a jacket that he didn't do before. No, so, no, go get him a sweater. So nonetheless, I made a huge mistake, and I'm not blaming this on Petco. I'm blaming this on myself because I probably should have got a haircut earlier so they didn't have to trim it all the way down, just tr- trim his jacket off in the middle of winter. But I feel a little silly when I'm out there running, trail running, and I'm like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm 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 out with I'm out with easy fix. I'm out with a girl dog now. Get him a tactical jacket. That's a great idea. And then he's gonna look super like military <laughs> okay. badass. I'll tactical do it. dog jacket. All right. What do you got for us today? Episode forty. Uh, hit subscribe on the Ron and Don show. And thanks uh, for doing so that. So I found this interesting uh, uh, out of the five thirty eight blog. The headline is Millennials are leaving religion and not coming back. And so if you know five thirty eight, Nate Silver and the gang, they're very analytical. They like to do these uh, really big studies and use a lot of data and information to back their stuff up. And so basically, they did a Pew research. They partnered with Pew. And they did this uh, study with millennials who I guess are up to age 38, 23 to 38, I think, if that's the age bracket that we're talking about. And so they talk about like in uh, this is the first generation where the 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 religious title effect is not really taking uh, a hold. And so what they found with boomers and generations before that and even the generation generation X right after it is when you come out of college, a lot of folks sort of title. They, they move away from religion for a while. And then most of the time they come back when they get married and especially come back when they have children. They want their kids to grow up in the same religious context that they did. And it's sort of there's this feeling that if you come back to the church, your child's going to have kind of a moral center. Uh, there's going to be kind of moral and ethical training that happens along these religious lines. And for the first time, I think millennials aren't doing that. Most likely they're meeting their marriage partners, also going to be someone that uh, religion is not necessarily important for. And then also they, they feel millennials feel like, Hey, I can get my morality. Uh, doesn't have to be tied to a church and there are specific issues as well that maybe they feel like, ah, eh, I don't know if the church is necessarily in tune with modern standards on specific issues. I don't want my kid uh, to be brought up in that morality. Uh, there's a perception among millennials that the religious are judgmental. And so they're like, maybe I'm just going to stay away from that. So this title effect, they it's it's early right now to say it's definitive because, like I said, this is an age group of 38, but it's it's way less than, than what they've seen in previous generations yeah i think that's really interesting and i and i grew up in the church and and then i used to spend a lot of time volunteering uh, in the church and uh we talked about this on episode number 39 actually speaking in a church uh the other night and lightning only struck it almost got me i hadn't stood on that stage since i was 24 and i spoke in that church and now i was 52 and i stood up there and 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 nobody got struck by lightning i was i was super surprised by that by the way 
The uh, power did go out though twice. Here's what here's what here's <laughs> here's what's interesting though, is is the great thing about like like when I was younger there was a lot of trauma in my family, and when my dad left it cre- it just created a lot of trauma. The good thing about the church is the church created a place for me to go. It created another family. It gave me a sense of belonging. It gave me a sense of having answers that things are going to be okay. And what the church does is it creates a philosophy for you. And you either buy into that philosophy or you don't. And it becomes your personal uh, philosophy. As I got older and some of that philosophy would begin to get challenged, I'm like, well, you know what? Some of this philosophy doesn't work. Or some of this philosophy, I felt like it is judgmental toward, for instance, uh, the gay, lesbian, transgender community. And that bothered me. It, It bothered me a lot. And I'm like, hmm, this is this, this is a philosophy that that has been determined for me in religion. What happens if I begin to push away from that and I begin to discover my own philosophy? And what you find is when you begin to discover your own philosophy, it's a lot harder. It is much, much harder because things aren't black and white. And you're trying to figure out things for yourself about how do you feel about politics? How do you feel about what is happening in the world around you? What is your place in this world around you? And why are you here? What is your reason for being here? And when you embrace religion, it provided all those answers. When you start saying, you know what? I'm going to start on my own quest to find out a lot of these answers on my own and embrace my own philosophy. It's a lot harder, but because it's a lot harder, when you get down the road of trying to figure out that philosophy, and I think it's something that you need to do or you do for the rest of your life, uh, to me, it's a lot more It's a lot more fulfilling. What about for you? Because I know that you grew up in the church too. As you reflect on, on the church and you reflect on philosophy, uh, and I know that you've done a lot of personal work yourself when it comes to your own personal philosophy. What is your reflection? Uh, this study doesn't surprise me. It seems like, and, and I'm a little bit outside of the, the, I'm not a millennial. I'm all older than that. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me. And a lot of the same stuff you said, but like, for instance, when I just went to, to China and we talked about that a couple episodes ago, when you're standing in a, in a temple that in a country where they have a recorded history that goes back 5,000 years, mm. so twice as long as the, the story of Christianity, and that they've had uh, this worldview that developed, and you're seeing maybe a Buddhist temple, or you're seeing other expressions of morality and of belief structures, um, that's the part for me that I've struggled with the most, where it's like, okay, this group is saying they're 100% sure they're the right way to go. Then you got you go to a, not you go to visit another country and you have a great time and you meet friendly people and you see great culture and great food and great architecture and great uh, uh, you know lifestyles and you're like okay this group has a totally different thing and they said that they're 100 percent sure that it's going to happen and then then you rinse and repeat and go to a third or a fourth uh, and then you meet another culture where it's like yeah we we kind of believe this we're not 100 percent but this is the way we we do things here mm. you're sort of like wow all right so how how do i figure this out how do i reconcile all this stuff and for me it came down to am i going to do and behave in the world because I want to do it or because someone else has guilt-tripped me into do it. Uh, and because I've been told, you have to do this. And so that's where uh, I, I began to really express myself uh, and go, oh, I want to give back because I want to give back. And then sometimes I get to go, the thing that freed me up that I love the most is I don't have to help everybody. If I think you're a jerk, I don't have to give back to you. 
I'll, I'll choose the people I want to give back to, then choose the causes I want to give back to, then be a net positive in the world, and not do it because I'm guilt trip, but do it because that's that's what I believe and that's what I want to do. Yeah, I have to say, when we sat in church the other night, my son, who's nine, he loved it. He loved the music, he loved the people, he loved the singing, the presentation. And I'm wondering, because I think of my mother, who... Uh, Went to the Catholic Church, Evangelical Church, and then my mother certainly has her own philosophy on life that has developed. And I'm wondering if you could do both, if you could be an avid churchgoer and embrace the church, and at the same time still have your sense of self and your own philosophy in the way that you see yourself uh, in this it's world. an interesting read, 538 blog, check it out. Yeah. All right, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, what are we going to talk about next? I'll tell you what we're going to talk about next. We're going to tell you about, speaking of church, a Georgia youth minister who just got arrested. He was in the middle of a 10K, and he got so pumped up, he was running by a reporter, and everybody was slapping this reporter five, except he decided to slap her somewhere else, and you're not going to believe what's happening to him. We'll talk about it next. It's the Ron and Don Show. Episode number 40, hit that subscribe button. Brought to you by Les Schwab, and don't forget... Les Schwab. This holiday season, 85 locations to serve you. Stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center, drop off a new unwrapped toy, and they'll make sure it gets to the kiddos in your community just in time for the holidays. Ron and Don, we'll see you on the other side of it. Hey, it's Ron here with Brett Clark. We are about to hand out a mile of trucks full of toys but brett it is cold out here a lot of people are getting ready for winter driving season they should stop into les schwab absolutely yeah we're starting to see frost come out and now if you if you haven't come by to get your tires checked if you haven't come by to have us evaluate please come by we have that pre-trip safety inspection if you're doing if you're just driving back and forth to work if you're going over the pass for the holidays no matter what you got just come on by and let us take a look at that vehicle we do that for you free of charge it's the free pre-trip safety inspection and we're glad to have you the other thing is chains are not really chains anymore when i was a kid you had an actual chain and now i'm like i know how to do this i'm a guy i go i pulled it out of the bag there it's like i have no idea how to install these chains yeah absolutely they're uh, the chains that we have right now are very very easy to install we they're called the uh, les schwab quick fit chains super easy to put on they uh come by the store with those if you don't know how to put them on we can have one of our people show you otherwise there's a video that you can watch um a qr code on there a video can you watch that it'll walk you right through it but uh most importantly super easy to put on uh two minutes you're back in the you're back in the warmth of the car and you're traveling down to grandma's house all right it's cold be safe stop by a les schwab there's 85 locations to serve you they are going to hook you up for some winter driving Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windermere Midtown. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron. All right, let's talk about forgiveness here. And would you forgive this guy? And I don't know if you've ever been in a 5K, a 10K, any kind of race at all. When you get with a group of people and groupthink takes over, you can kind of lose your mind a little bit. You can't. And a lot of group tank. A lot of times you go run a 5K and you think you're going to go out there and just jog and get along. It, it, it. For a lot of people that have a Type A personality, it just turns into a sprint. It's a you. It, it, it turns into a road race. And along the way, as you're running, in fact, if you've ever done the torchlight here, you know what I'm talking about. The torchlight is an 8K. Happens every summer here in Seattle. You get to run through the streets of Seattle. 300,000 people are lined up because they're getting ready for the torchlight parade. And they let the runners run first before the parade comes down the street. 
and everybody stands there and they cheer for you and you feel like when you get to the end of that 8k even if you're the last person in the torchlight parade you feel like you have just won the olympics you do you feel like you're about to get a gold medal because people come running out to the roadway they're slapping you five they're encouraging you and you just feel tremendous well something just happened to a young man who's a boy scout leader He's a church leader. I don't know if he's a young man. He's 43 years old. His name is Thomas Calloway. This happened in Georgia, 10K run. And so as across the Savannah Bridge, you have a reporter uh, that is standing there in her reporter uh, gear, and she has got a news camera on her. Her name is Alex Bojarian. And so she's given a live rundown as yeah. the people run by the bridge. And so folks are coming by, and, and this thing has been viewed like 15 million times on Twitter. It's true. It really, so it really so has, yeah. um, people are coming by and they're mugging for the camera so they're sort of swerving over and giving a, a goofy reaction behind alex as she's doing her stand-up you've seen this clip a, a thousand times uh, on news uh, local news stations so thomas again 43 year old youth pastor he runs up behind alex so she can't see him she's facing forward the runners are running behind her shoulder and so and there's the news truck right behind in the shot thomas runs up and he rears back his right hand and he smacks her on the butt. She claims that she he not only smacked her on the butt, but then he did a grab. So it was a smack and a grab, mm. keeps on running, and you can see she stops for a half a half a beat when this happens in in her face goes gives a surprised look and then she can tries to finish up and continue her life. She's live on the air when this happens. So this clip goes viral. The internet jumps in, and based on what he was wearing that day, people track him down on Facebook. Uh, they didn't know his name immediately, uh, but Alex, of course, was jarred by this. And so it goes viral. Someone tracks down. They look through everything in the a friend of a friend, knew somebody was in the race. They do a geographic search. They find a picture of him that he posted with his little um, award, his little medal that he got after the race with the same bib number on. Oh. And so then they post that on Twitter and they say, here's the guy. Here and they they put they blacked out his wife's uh, face so that you couldn't see her, but you can see him. You can see the the screenshot of the the news, and so she went down to the police department and she filed a report. She said I was sexually assaulted by and is an unwarranted sexual advance from a guy. Uh, he assaulted me on this bridge, and I would like to press charges. And so he has been arrested. He went on Inside Edition. Uh, to give an apology, she went on CBS this morning uh, to sit down and talk about uh, what happened with her. And so I, I watched her on CBS this morning. I also watched him on Inside Edition. I don't know if you did or not. Um, and well, first your reaction on that part, because the apology was is an interesting right. phase of this story. Let me say this, because as she's standing there, you have all these people going by and they're high fiving her. She, yeah, they're not high fiving. They're, they're, they're high fiving each other. She she can't see him. They're running no, from behind. I, I, her. I, I, I watch a longer clip, and there's people that are coming before by. before she did the stand up. Yeah, there's people that are that are high fiving her. You have to understand when you're standing there, you're in the high five zone, and she was in a high five zone. And so I think for him, when he is coming, to, you 
there, there is something weird that happens when you're running a 5K and an 8K and, and a 10K. Are you trying you, to defend that he smacked her butt? I, you asked me my opinion. Okay, go ahead. Didn't you ask me my I opinion? I did. I, I'll withdraw judgment. Go There's ahead. There's something that happens where you want to high-five. There is a high-five in you, and the high-five is coming out. I will give you that. I did this uh, uh, when I was in a race last year, and there was a guy standing, and I gave him a high-five, and he ended up falling down a cliff. Because I because the high five it was a little over exuberant yeah because I, I I was like eighteen point nine miles in on this and he's standing there and he wanted a high five I gave it to him and boom he he just he tumbled over and I felt bad and I had to go rescue him and I brought him up and nonetheless we didn't end up on the inside edition or CBS this morning uh, and he was very forgiving and gave him a hug and, and I went on my way I can see where that that could happen in this particular case I wonder if he played football. Because under the Friday night lights, when you're playing football, and especially when you're coming out and you're busting through the paper, and I bet you were the first football player to bust through the paper, I was always the last, and I would walk when I was going through, because the cool guys would go last, and they would walk through the paper. I wasn't even in that line. It was all the guys that weren't playing that bust through the paper, all the bench warmers. They bust, I was a starter. What are you talking about? The bench warmers, they bust through the paper. I but, don't want to go down but, that road. But the other guys. So anyway, there's a lot of butt slapping. That happens in sports. There's a lot of butt slapping run by that happens in football. The cheer squad is right there. You're not going to slap the cheer squad on the butt this, when, you, when you run through the paper. This was a sport. I'm, I would love to hear his side of the story. If I've he heard his up, side of the story. If he grew up playing sports and he accidentally, like the sports mentality just took a, But I think what he did was wrong. I think she certainly has a case here. I think you have to learn to keep your hands to yourself. But the, the I, I also think... That if you haven't been in these races before, you have to understand. If you used to high five in high school when you were playing sports, it's going to come out again at some point. And I and I think that I give you I the think, high five and I the exuberance the, is all there. The people that are putting the race together should warn the competitors. At some point, a high five is going to want to come out, and you need to keep that high five inside you. Well, keep it inside. Keep it inside and keep No, if keep someone running. else wants to high-five, you can do it. You can't smack anyone on the butt I would in today's agree, day and age. I would agree with that, but I'm, trying to, under, thing, I'm trying to understand where he's coming from because he, he doesn't seem like some kind of sexual predator to me either. I don't think he does. And I don't think it's fair to label him as a sexual predator when the guy was just over-exuberant. We gotta, he, I, leave I don't room. think this is over-exuberant. I want to leave room for that possibility. I think that he saw an attractive television personality in front of him, and this is a woman in her 20s, and that he thought he was going to be clever because he's anonymous in his mind mm. and i'm gonna smack her on the butt as i go by live on tv i think that he, he that he was doing it from that place because when you watch the clip but here's the interesting thing he's made a uh, a pretty genuine apology and he's offered to sit down and apologize to her in person the interesting thing to me and it's almost separate from this guy we're now in this internet cancel culture where when someone makes an off-color joke or someone does something stupid like this, I don't think this was even criminal. I don't know if it's an assault. I think it was stupid, and I think that he owes her an apology, and I don't think he should do it. I don't know if he should be arrested uh, for this. So that, to me is borderline. I don't think she was injured. She said that it stung. I, I grant you that it probably did sting. If he grabbed her, though, I mean, you have, it, you have to arrest her. If he grabbed her, then maybe you arrest her. But if it's a smack on the butt that just stung, I don't know if that's an arrestable offense. Here's the thing that's more interesting to me. It probably is. Though. At what at what point do we forgive people for doing this and even more than this? There's a, a famous case, and I have to look it up to give you the exact examples, of a, a college professor that had just done a talk. 
he gets in the elevator and he made a joke from the 50s that was sort of misogynistic uh, about women. It was off color. It was dumb. And then this outrage happened where he should lose tenure and he should be fired and, you know, he should never work again. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. He's a guy, an older guy in his 60s or 70s. He made a, a joke that he thought was funny that's inappropriate in, in today's culture. Should he really use lose tenure and lose his own career over that? Should this guy, I, I don't think he should be fired from his job. I don't think he necessarily uh, needs to be arrested for doing this. But I think that this cancel culture where someone does something stupid, the internet dogpiles them and wants to take away someone's livelihood. I, I think that swung out a little bit too far for my taste. Mm. Now, granted, like these dudes that are carrying torches in Charlottesville that are, are, are screaming racist things. Yeah, lo- that guy should lose his job. But it, it's not one size fits all. Someone that does something dumb at a 10K, I, I don't think you cancel his whole life. Someone that you, you didn't know was a racist and that is, you know, doing swastikas and like carrying torches. Okay, you can fire that guy. I think we need to be a little more measured on how we're doling out judgment uh, on folks. If this is a pattern and he's misogynistic and is abusing women, granted, fire the guy. If he did one stupid thing one time at 110K, like the, the organization's already come out and said, you can never run one of our races ever again. And he's like, really? Like, you don't think he could lose? He can learn his lesson this one time if he's a running enthusiast? Is she open to, to his apology? I don't know yet. But I think to me... Or is she open to his checkbook or is she open to both of us? I, I, don't, I hope it's not a lawsuit thing. The guy did something dumb. I think sometimes you can say, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Learn your lesson. But I, I don't think this, to me, I don't think this rises to the level where take away the guy's livelihood and never let him run again. Well. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, do you ever give yourself permission to do something? Ron is finding that people are not doing it, giving themselves permission. And a lot of us are thinking about 2020 now. We've been talking about mindset this week. You have the mindset of courage and bravery or the mindset of comfort as we head into 2020. And also, what about giving yourself permission? Permission. We do something called the Ron and Don sit down in our real estate business. And it's been interesting to sit down with people and see how bottled up they get sometimes. Because they are not giving themselves permission to live the life that they want to live. We'll talk about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Brought to you live from the Les Schwab Studios. Hey, it's Ron here with Rich Ballman. Rich, this is a treacherous time of the year to drive. And you might be going, oh, I'm going to head over to eastern Washington. I'm going to head over to Idaho. You need to just bring the car in, get it checked out at Les Schwab. It's free. It sure is, Ron. You know, we offer the free pre-trip safety check at any point in time. And we're going to remove the tires for you. Uh, of course, look at the uh, look at the brakes and give you uh, just an honest estimation of what's remaining uh, uh, in brake material. Look at your tires. Make sure that they're in good condition. If they need to be rotated, we'll go ahead and do that at that time. We wouldn't charge anything for you to rotate the tires while we have them off. Uh, go ahead and check the air. Of course, you know, in the winter, uh, as, as the temperatures go down, uh, those darn TPMS sensors that are in our tires nowadays, you know, uh, they, they, the lights tends to start coming on on the dash. And so we encourage people, if that happens, just drop by. We'll check your air for you for free. But uh, 
we'd love to have you come in and see us to get ready for winter. Uh, make sure that you're up to speed and that when we get that incremental weather, sometimes a little snow, that uh, you're ready to go. Yeah, and sometimes it's the peace of mind of knowing, okay, I checked this out, I'm good to go, and it just lets you have some confidence when you're going to hit the passes. So thanks a bunch. Head out to Les Schwab. There's 85 stores to uh, to serve you. Head in and just say, Ron and Don told me I could get my free inspection to get ready for winter. Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. Help cops help kids. Go to ronanddon.com right now and buy a T-shirt. Episode 40 of the Ron and Don Show. Hey, thanks for hitting that subscribe button. Episode 39, if you go back and listen to it, uh, we talked about mindset as we head into 2020. And for me, it's not so much about making resolutions. It's about making decisions about what your mindset is going to be. It's not a list of do's or don'ts as we head into 2020. It's a list of one thing and one thing only. What is my focus going to be? Because there's only a couple things that can be rolling around in your brain at what time. What is my mindset going to be? Do I choose courage and bravery this year, or do I just choose to be comfortable? Because a lot of times you can't have both. It's been interesting. We do something called a Ron and Don sit-down. I've learned a lot about people in the Ron and Don Nation. We come to your house. We sit down with you. And by the way, everybody in the Ron and Don Nation has dogs. And in fact, we need to get everybody Ron and Don Nation dog bandanas that you can get online right now at ronanddon.com, just in time for the holidays, or Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. It's been interesting when we sit down with Julie or we sit down with Peter. Or we sat down with Kate. Uh, Ron does something that is kind of cool and kind of beautiful. And it's one of the only times where I sit there and I just shut up. And I'm kind of mesmerized at this discussion that he begins to have with people in the Ron and Don Nation. Talk a little bit about that as we're thinking about our mindset for 2020. And also allowing yourself permission. Because as we do these Ron and Don sit downs, what I'm finding is... There's a lot of us that haven't given ourselves permission to live the life that we want to live. Well, thank you for that. And it, is, it has been interesting to watch you not talk. It's the first time in my life. Like, wait a second. John's over there not talking. What happened? Uh, so it, 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 this is an unexpected thing for me to find out that I'm actually have this kind of unique skill set when do. we're doing uh, these these sit-downs with folks. Because we're, we're intersecting with people that are at a very big transition in their life. And so it's either something has happened like a divorce uh, where someone, and it's not really in their control, maybe a judge or a judgment has said, you need to move. And they're doing it sort of against their, like they don't want to do this thing, but they have to do it uh, because of a judgment or because of a family situation. So that that's an interesting uh, point where you're intersecting with someone. Sometimes it's because there's been a catastrophic event in their family. We either um, uh, folks have died, someone, maybe it's even a husband that has died or a wife that has died. And so that's the the impetus that's moving this forward. Or sometimes you're reaching an age where it's like, okay, I've been, I've been grinding out my career career and maybe I'm uh, late 50s, early 60s, I can kind of see this transition point coming, looming ahead. And the thing that I've been finding, and I had to do this when I went through my divorce, is you ask yourself, what do I really want? 
what is it that I actually want? And so, uh, and I'll give you my example first, and then we can go into these cases. I think people might be resonating with this where you're like, okay, I've told myself that, you know, I'm going to retire at 59, maybe, or I'm going to retire at 62, or that I've made enough money and made some investments and that this is the thing I'm going to do. And then as it approaches, you sort of do a, a double check and you're like, is that what I really want? Like, do I really want to do that? And so for me, I had always talked about how much I love to travel. And it was this mantra, be like, oh man, what's your hobbies? What do you like to do? It's like, oh man, I love travel. And so I, I had to look in my mirror in the mirror and take stock when I when my, my marriage was ending. It was like, I say, this is the thing that I say. And if I'm at a cocktail party or if I'm uh, you know, when someone asks me this thing, this is the stock answer that I give. Oh, I love to travel. But if I if you asked me when was the last time you traveled significantly, I didn't have an answer. I wasn't actually doing this thing. And so I had all kinds of excuses of why. It's like, ah, we have these animals or uh, it's just not, it's hard for me to get vacation time or boy, that was really expensive. Or I had all of these things that kept me, that went along with this narrative. Like, this is the thing that I say that I love and yet I'm not doing that thing. And here's the reasons why. Mm. And so when the divorce happened and and believe me, it was way more expensive than I thought it was going to be to go through that process. I, I was like, okay, this is what I've said I want to do. I'm going to go through a, a little exercise here to find out, can I really do this? And so I looked at the price thing first. I was like, okay, can I do the type of trip I want to do and have it not break the bank? And so I did the math and I was like, yes, there are some resources. There are some ways that I can get cheaper flights. There's some accommodations I can do that are a little bit cheaper. Uh, I, can, I can configure this and have it doable. And so I started, uh, back in the day, uh, we would, could do some, some extra work at the radio station. I could make enough money. I set it aside. Like this is my travel budget. Uh, there was a time where I won a big poker tournament. I was like, okay, that I'm taking a trip. And so I, and then it was like, okay, well, what is this really going on? So once I, it, it came down to permission, I wasn't giving myself permission to do the thing that I thought I would make me happy because of fear. Like that was the real thing. If I really stopped and thought about it, it was like, I am afraid for whatever reason to go do this thing. And so once I got over that, uh, and said, all right, I'm actually going to do this, set the fear off to the side. I'm just going to pay the money because otherwise, what am I going to do with that money? I'm going to go to a restaurant or I'm going to go do, you know, do something dumb or buy a new gadget or whatever. Um, I, I've got the money set aside. I'm just going to go do it now. Then what, it was all about the permission. So when we're meeting with these folks like Katie or like Julie, there comes a point where it's like, okay, what is it that you actually want? And for some people, that's a really hard question to answer. We met with uh, one of your friends that's uh, going through the same thing. It's like, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. And, and most people don't know what they really want. And so the, you have to have a second where you're like, okay, here are your options. And if you can plant your flag in the ground and go, this is what I actually want. This is the life I want. What I actually want to do is live in the woods. What I actually want to do is travel to Italy. 
What I actually wanted, but I'm I'm afraid to put that out in the world. Mm. I'm afraid to say it out loud because mm. it sounds ridiculous or it sounds selfish or whatever that thing that script that's running in your head. Or it sounds like something I'm going to do in the future, and right. and you that's all, future you, me. And you always point out, you're like, I think your future is here. Right, your yeah. future is now. Do it while you're vibrant. Your, do your it while you you have mobility. Do it while you can, uh, you know, you can do the thing you want to do. And so once people answer that question and then say, okay, I've said I want to do this thing. Do I actually want to do it? Most of the time, the thing you actually want to do is within your grasp. Mm. Where if you actually want to go to Italy and live there for three months, we can get that done for 10 grand. Like you could, you could honestly, you could live in Italy for probably eight to $10,000. You're not going to be on next to George Clooney on Lake Cuomo you know, it's not going to be that lifestyle. He's not going to be next to you. He's not going to be next to How you. How about that? But we can get you there and, and, and have that adventure. And so that's been a really enjoyable thing for me in these Ronadon sit-downs to say, what is it that you want to do? If it's like, hey, I really want to go visit my 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 daughter lives in Arizona, and, and I want to be able to go spend time with my grandkid. Let's do it. You got it, but it starts with giving yourself permission, identifying what the thing really is, being comfortable with saying it without judging yourself, and then giving yourself permission. And then I love helping people execute that, like yeah, getting there. You have some tools that you share with people, and they fill some things out and send it back. It, it's kind of guruish stuff. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's fun. And then once people start to give themselves permission, uh, then we'll go and sit down with like a financial planner, and they'll say, "Wow." We want to give myself permission, but is this something I can actually do once I've given myself permission? And sometimes you get through that process and go, you know what? I thought I wanted to buy a boat. Maybe I don't want to live on a boat. Yeah. Like, seemed like that's what I wanted to do. But now that I've done the math and really thought about it, I, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, on. Future is now. Give yourself permission. And uh, Ron can help you with that. You can reach out to him. Ron at Windermere.com. That's Ron at Windermere.com. And we would love to be a part of your real estate journey and just reach out to Ron and we'll do a sit down with you. We'll come to you or you can come to us and I'll bring my dog that looks like a girl dog now. Yeah. Does that sound good? All right. Hey, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for hitting the subscribe button on the Ron and Don Show. This is episode number 40. We want you to keep your head up and your shoulders back and get ready for episode number 41 because you know it's on the way. All right. He's Ron. I'm Don. We'll see you soon only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don and Don. <laughs> <laughs>